Hello everyone, this is Reed. In our exuberance, we once again had an episode that, in my opinion, went a bit too long. So, for convenience sake and just to keep your sanity intact, I have split this episode up into two chunks. The first chunk you're listening to right now contains our recap and takeaways from round one, a really good discussion about fantasy topics, and the housekeeping for the upcoming round two. If you want to hear just the player picks, look for the other uploaded podcast, which is part two, where you have the positional breakdown for what we are looking at going into round two. So thank you so much. And in the future, we're going to work on keeping this to one episode. You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round two of the MLS Fantasy season. This episode is brought to you by Tom Bogart, who, when asked to join our Experts League, said that he didn't want to be Weeby 2.0. Ooh, burn. Oh, oh, no, wait, sorry, sorry. Actually, uh, brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of the MLS Fantasy Insider. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Blaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. We'd also like to welcome our special guest, Christian Ward from the MLS Fantasy Boss. Uh, he's a partner of MLS Fantasy Boss and from the Discord as a moderator. How are you all doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I don't know what partner means. Well, that's... <laughs> You're a partner because, as people know who were watching the show before, you were going to be one of our first guests to talk about the new little project that we were working on with some of the stat stuff, and you forgot that it was your birthday. Oh, oh birthday. Bringing that up. Bringing that up. Yes. So, yes, you're, you are a partner because you're helping out with, with some cool stat stuff, So, uh, which, which is not ready yet, for those of you who caught that episode. Uh, if not, just stay tuned because, because you'll hear more. As it's as it's ready, just let us say that that Christian's here to help assist all of us with with stats. So, uh, but for those of you who caught some of our messaging on on Twitter, there has been a little bit of a kerfuffle going around, and I wanted to start the show with a quick answer to that, to what we're calling insert dramatic music, Keller Gate. Bum 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 bum. Uh, no. Uh, so for those of you who may not know the. Points have gotten a little wonky for some of the players. There have been some price changes that were not really expected for some of the scores that people got, such as Keller uh, over at Austin, who got 10 points and lost, what, 0.5? Is that right? A whole, a whole 0.5? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as a quick background, <clears throat> the way the point averages work for up and down changes in your player values is based on a rolling three and five week average with the emphasis being on the most recent scores. And so you could look at it as if a player is a 9 million player at the beginning of the season, his three week average is essentially nine, nine, nine. And that's his 9 million. If he performs better than that, he's likely going to go up. If he performs worse, he's likely going to go down. So these players that had a value of oh four, 4, 4.5, and then brought 10 points to the table this week and then went down, 
something's wrong with the algorithm. Either they weren't loaded right, or there's just some weird glitchy stuff. But we've reached out uh, to our contacts at at MLS, and we've seen all the conversation. I know Blaine's been involved with with some of this as well. Uh, if you don't know, Keller is a defender in in Austin. That's who we're talking about. And we've got a response from our good friend Skylar Redpath, who is the point person with MLS this year and last year. And he said that uh, he has alerted both the MLS digital team and the fan hub support team side of the game, uh, giving them a heads up about the odd price swings. Uh, so they are aware of this uh, and they're working on fixes as soon as possible. Um, and they're working along. They're also working to look to address the, the captain visual on the web browser and the team points not showing up on the app, uh, along with updating the player pool, which is a continuing process that Skylar has been fantastic at. And the Discord community has been great to throw him uh, help with that as well. So uh, you have been heard. And that's what I wanted to open the show with this week is you have been heard. And I believe even though some of the, the current values may be a little bit weird, points should be correct. Is that right from what you all have heard as well, that that the total points have been correct for the players? So I know I got a, a point adjustment at the beginning of today. Yeah. Yeah. So it that's like right. not a positive one, but yeah, I got a point <laughs> adjustment. Well, mine was negative two. It looks yeah. like points are correct, and it looks like um, players that are mislabeled on the wrong team are also getting their correct points. Um, I can't remember who it was, but there's a defender who switched teams and still got the proper clean sheet. Excellent. Point schedule structure. With his new team, the only little issue there is that locking times are a little odd. So if you want somebody who is listed on another team, they can become locked when their previous team starts playing. So if you're looking at a late game switch and you've got a defender that you like there, if he say on an East Coast team, I think Delgado is a great example. He locks when Toronto locks even though he's playing with one of the LA teams now. Yeah, he he shows up in the Galaxy lineup. He now. shows up in the Galaxy. He gets scored as a Galaxy player. Everything works, except he locks out of your roster or in your roster when Toronto, when Toronto kicks off. Yeah, that's good. good heads up. Uh, but that was mostly it. I know that's been on the forefront of a lot of players' minds, so I wanted to address that at the very beginning of the show. So your, your feedback has been heard, and it is being addressed. No... ETA when it's going to be finished. Uh, we're all hoping that it's, of course, before the next round starts. So you do have your full budgets to, to play with, but it is being worked on. Uh, other than that, let's just keep going along. Round one in the books. Those of you who are in chat with us, I'd love to hear how your scores were. Uh, if you're listening to us, uh, go ahead and send me a message on Twitter. I talked to people today how they did and saw some great scores, but how did you all do, Christian? Uh, I got 102 points. I uh, got uh, uh, four million in uh, team value gain, uh, which I was aiming for, and I can't actually believe I hit it. <laughs> uh, I happened to win all my head-to-heads too, which so I guess it can't, it's so I was I was one of those guys that took all early players. I took like most of my players are were Saturday players and. I just crushed everybody and I reached like a hundred points by like the fifth game of the, of the day. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, I'm really cool. And then um, Sunday games happened and everybody <laughs> passed me. 
almost every yeah, game. Yeah, 102 points is decent, but it's not. I mean, I'm 424th in overall. Top score, three people, 127. I don't know if any of them Captain Vela either. I have to look real quick. Ashley, how did you do? Yeah, I did not get 127 points, and I did not Captain or pick up Carlos Vela after my big Chicho monologue. I didn't even pick up Vela when Chicho was hurt. Um, I got an 83, which felt like a big swing and a miss to me like the whole time. I also had almost all my players play early, um, so I just kind of had to sit with that through most of Sunday. Um, I did get a 2.9 price gain, which is pretty decent to me for what my score was. Um, I had I had a good amount of players hit. hit. I had Kolmanich. I had Zella, but I didn't captain him. Um, I did well with my defenders. I think all my defenders got at least shutout points, most of them more. Um, but I captained Jesus Ferreira. It was just a gut thing I had going into the week. Everyone in my life tried to talk me out of it. And I was like, no, this year I'm going with my gut. And my gut was very wrong. So now I'm questioning everything. Um, that's not totally true, but I'm really disappointed that, you know, usually when you talk yourself into a gut pick, it, at least in my experience, it, it works out. You feel kind of vindicated. I did not because I'm sitting in a household with someone who's like, oh, I captain Zilla. I have like 30 something points right now. Uh, I don't know why you didn't captain him. Um, so it's really fun to hear that ping pong effect. Uh, but generally, I wasn't incredibly disappointed, um, mostly just because, like I said, I, I feel like my price rise was a little more um, than my point score was. But yeah, um, missed on Hill, missed on Vela, missed on a good armband, but generally not my best start. Ooh, I see a 4.7 value gain in chat. That's that's nice. good. That's, that's really amazing. good. Blaine, that how'd you do? That's wrong. Uh, that 4.7 <laughs> is the biggest I've heard for the day. Yeah, I know that feels somebody, inaccurate. Somebody had that in Discord as well, and I don't know if you're the same person for watching crazy. this tonight. But yeah, 4.7 is by far the best I've heard so far. Yeah. Um, I got that's, an 88. That's possible. Or, that's that's yeah. possible. You'd have to have 0.5s yeah. from all of your field and get something off your bench. It's possible. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, like that that's incredible. Um, I got an 86, a uh, little bit better points wise than Ashley, but I got a worse point value gain. I only went up 2.6. So I think I'd rather have Ashley's three less points in the extra extra money right now. Um, not the greatest week for me. I I didn't have Vela. I took the armband off of Zella while I was tinkering with some stuff and didn't get it back on him in time. I was also toying with Ferreira while I had it off Vela. And I ended up putting it on Gressel, which wasn't terrible. I would love um, that. I mean, I, I would have rather had it on Zella, but oh well, I, at least I at least I got the eight doubled. Um, uh, late switch to Kamanich on the bench, so that was huge. Overall, just not a great week. Both of my goalkeepers dropped off, and I know I talked about it last week. I think the idea of just avoiding premium players isn't 100% accurate. I wanted to try it last year. I didn't. I tried it this year. That's one of the main reasons why I didn't have Bella. I did like that matchup, especially when I saw Arango was out. But I was just like, no, I'm not going to do it. I, I think you got to pick and choose your guys. And if you're not 100% sold, like a guy like Ferreira, who I was 100% sold on, that's where you can get burned really bad. But even then, he only lost a point three on a two-point score. So I don't think the value drops are quite as bad as we thought. If you're under $10 million, 
even a two is not knocking you down too much unless you're one of those wonky players that needs to be fixed, which uh, watch for those budget increases because I know I've got a couple of guys. My 2.6 should probably be about half a million higher because of pause, because of um, another one that's in there. I can't remember who the other one was. So I should be getting a little more value once they fix that, but we'll just have to see. Uh, just an 86 was not great with the low team value. Uh, and of course, everybody, we're talking about the point value so much because unlike other games, especially if you're familiar with Fantasy Premier League, uh, while you do get a value change based upon how your player performs, it's not tied to market. So it doesn't matter about transfers in, transfers out with our limited transfer system. It's completely about how your player performs versus how he's expected to perform with himself. So performance per form, I don't know, something like that. It's essentially his form versus how you think he'll perform. Uh, that's how the value works. And that adds to your, your pot. So that's going to be important for building going forward, especially since we have these four little mini rounds of the Champions League qualifiers to get into the Champions League. So plenty of season left. If you're, if you're having a subpar start, you can still focus on building your value. This whole seven rounds to get to a nice place for what you want to do going forward. Uh, myself, I had 98 points. Uh, I had 99 at the end of the round, uh, one point negative for my point adjustment. Uh, I, mean, I, was, I was happy. I was really hoping to crack 100. Um, and I did not have a, did not have Vela, did not have Vela captain. Uh, I will say the three top players that got 127 points all had Vela. Only one of them captain Vela. So it was not Crazy. essential. Um, but I had a, a, a good showing from the majority of my team. I had a strong bench. I had an eight and a nine coming off the, the bench with Fall and uh, Moria over there in, in Columbus. Uh, I had two players who didn't perform well. Flores didn't do well for me. And, uh, and then um, my Dallas forward didn't perform well for me. So that's, uh, that's all that really happened. But I won all my head-to-heads except for one, and that was against this guy right here, Christian, in – well, I'll tell you what it was in it in just a second. But I, I lost to Christian by, by by just 102 to 98. So super close, super close. <clears throat> I love seeing the, the points in chat, seeing lots of scores in the 80s and 90s, a few hundreds, lots of good value gain. Uh, I went up 3.4 million. So I was pleased with that for, for my value gain as well. It'd be, it'll be great going forward for, for what we're trying to build. Um, we will talk about that often. If you have any questions, please hit us up on Twitter. Uh, but value gain is an important part of this game, the fantasy game, especially at the early part of the year to give you the budget you need later on in the season. Speaking of that, you can take that as like a little kernel nugget of wisdom passed on for some of us who have played before, especially for you newer players. That's to you new players. That's that's sort of a, a nice little little nugget to have of, of some fantasy advice. We've noticed that there have been some repeat questions in the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord community. And uh, we think based on that, uh, Christian was good to bring these to our attention, that we can also provide at the beginning of the show before we talk about our takeaways, just maybe, I don't want to call them rules because you definitely want to have fun with this game and do what you like but just some some trends some tidbits just some some experiences that a lot of us build our teams around that we'd like to to pass on uh so christian would you like to to mention these real quick for those of us who are those who are listening tonight especially the new players sure um there's only four of them i have right now um 
home versus away players. Um, I just want to say that MLS has the highest home field advantage percentage out of all professional sports leagues in the world, not just soccer. It's 69.1%. It's true. That's, you have to take that into account when you're picking your players. Okay. Uh, the next one is prioritize players who are on set pieces. There are a lot of like, why is Julian Gressel priced the way he is? And why, why is he, why is everybody captaining him? Well, as a defender, well, it's because we all assumed that he was going to be on all set pieces for that game. And he turns out he wasn't, but generally speaking, that's how a lot of us make our picks is we, we go and we look at the, like, for example, the, uh, the mega reference has a set piece takers tab on it that you can go and reference. If you're looking for a player, look at that. Um, uh, that includes corner kicks, free kicks, and penalty kicks, by the way. Uh, the next one is picking points or picking for points versus building team value for the first three to five weeks. So there are a couple of different, I mean, this is debatable, right? Like there are some people that are going to say, you know, just pick the players who you think are going to get the most points and just don't worry about team value. Um, there is a lot of merit to that. Um, there's also a lot of merit to building team, you know, focusing on maybe taking players that are priced a certain way uh, uh, who have the best chance at building team value. I take kind of a mixture approach. Obviously you're going to pick points, but pick for points, but I really think it's very, very important for the first three to five weeks that you start building team value because come week five or six, you're really going to have a problem competing if you don't, if you can't take five premium midfielders, like you, you have to be able to do that or you're just not going to compete for top spots. Um, the last one is something that we were, you know, you know, uh, kicking around in, in the discord chat today about, um, we always say something like go with your gut. And when we say that, <clears throat> we're assuming that you have a gut to go with, all right? So someone who is new to this game, maybe new to MLS, the league itself, doesn't have a gut yet. So when we say go with, when we say go with your gut, challenge us, please. Just like say, what do you mean by that? And what, you know, like, can you be more specific? Um, usually go with your gut is kind of like a disclaimer because we're not necessarily certain about a pick. And if it fails, we don't want you to get mad at us. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's one way to think about it. The other thing, uh, but, but most of us are very willing to share and a lot, you're going to hear go with your gut a lot. What that means is go with what you've learned from this podcast, from your experiences with the game, uh, what you read on discord or other resources and articles out on Twitter, whatever. Go with a wealth of knowledge that you have and research that you have compiled over a span of time. That's what we mean by go with your gut, okay? If you believe in this pick, then you should pick that player. That's what that means. And it works I, the other way too. I think a, a yeah. great example that Christian and I had talked before the round started, uh, I did not pick up a Philadelphia <laughs> defender this this week. And I told mm -hmm. Christian, he's like, I, 
I know what Reynoso could do. I know what Fragapane can do. I know what Lod can do. And I just felt like with that quality, they, they had a goal in them that that team had a goal in it. And so I didn't, that was based on previous form and nothing against Philly, but like my gut was just, I mean, like these guys have the quality and if they're all hitting that, that that's a goal, no matter who you're playing against. And so I I think that's probably a good example of my gut there with your gut. And you, you were right. And I didn't pick a guy because of that. Yeah. Everybody had Wagner and you didn't do it. I didn't do it either because I'm a Minnesota fan. <laughs> uh, the other, just really quick, the other, the opposite of that is groupthink. You're going to find that on Discord, especially if you're not really sure about your picks, you're going to be susceptible to groupthink. I am all the time susceptible to groupthink, and it's not good. You want to actually do some research of your own, trust but verify, as our friend Samurai Panda Isaac always says, trust but verify. Um, I say a lot of crap out on Discord, and half the time I'm wrong. There, I admitted it on the air. I'm wrong. I'm capable of being wrong. <laughs> anyway, uh, trust but verify. That's going to help you because a lot of us can, some of us feel so strongly about a pick that we'll bully you into picking that player. And if he fails, whose fault is it really? I mean, it's both of ours, right? Because I bullied you into doing it and you were not securing, you trusted me. So anyway, that's all I pretty much have. These are just basic like four points of, of uh, how to FMLS uh, that I always go by. I'm sure I missed a few. Um, if you have more, bring them up in Discord and we'll chat about them and maybe we'll bring them up on the show here. Yeah, no, I, I think that's awesome. Uh, another term that you might see that's related to groupthink is chalk. And, and that what can come up a lot when a lot of the players get mentioned and people keep putting their teams, it, it becomes chalk. And sometimes you want to look at some of those differentials or be wary of the chalk because if everyone has the same team, no one's going to go anywhere. And so that's that's why we do try to focus on differentials, on value players. Uh, someone like like Tyler Ranchinator has been fantastic at identifying these differential players, but you usually need a little bit more data before you can really find those diamonds in the rough. But yeah, um, Reed, I want to, I want to jump in here because I love this idea of instinct versus groupthink. And I know I started tweeting out some of it and I want to, I want to make it go and we may have to put an MLS tag in there too, but I was using hashtag chalk talk for this because it's, I think, I think it's a great one. We may have to make it MLS chalk talk just so we can kind of keep it separate, but I didn't see anybody using that one. So I went with it and I started tweeting out some of that and there is this idea that if a majority of people have that player, like with this week coming up, I think we've got a couple of names that you could see on the competitive scene. I'm not talking about site wide, but just in the hyper competitive team, we could be seeing a player pushing 50% owned. And that's not unheard of, especially like last year with always captain heel. Um, He was pushing 50, 60% owned at times because the matchups were too good and he was playing that well. That's one of those where group think kicks in and you just go, everybody else has got him. I should do it too. And it's perfectly fine to do that and not be kicking yourself if he has a bad game because everybody's having a bad game. What you're trying to avoid by doing that is you don't want to, oh, I just don't have a good feeling about heal, but 60% of people have him. And then he drops a, an 18 as a captain and the guy you took in place of him got a four. Like yeah. when you do that, now you're just following, falling way behind 
the group and sometimes you got to follow it, but it's knowing when to move away from those big budget players. And I did get a little bullied by Panda into Gressel. I was putting them on my team anyway. Um, the captain just happened to be the best fallback I had when I didn't get it on Zella. But yeah, I'm guilty I just, of that too, by the way. I did exactly the same thing. Yeah, everybody was pushing Gressel so hard. Yeah, I was and I Gressel's going to have a fantastic season. But if you went away from Gressel for Zella or Vela or a couple other guys, you didn't have a bad game. No, you had a good good one. And I just, I, I want to get this jab in there. Um, Gressel's eight is punishment for everybody captaining a defender on week one. You never yeah. captain defenders. That is a hard and fast rule that I think Christian forgot to add in there. Never captain a yeah. defender. And we all got burned for it. Yeah, no, that's great. Will, I saw in chat that, that people are liking this segment. I'm really happy. We're definitely not a show that tries to cater to just the experts. So uh, mm-hmm. if you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up in the Discord chat, and maybe we'll try to do a more focused special episode or something that just talks about just some rules and tips that people have learned that they try to, to build teams around. So, but let's keep going on. We're going to talk real quick, just touch on some of our fantasy takeaways from round one before we get into the housekeeping. So Christian, just kind of in general, what were some fantasy takeaways you had from round one? Uh, really quick. Charlotte is better than we expected. Um, despite the, uh, nil to three loss. Um, and I'll get into that later. Uh, Nashville's hype is deserved, in my opinion, uh, which actually means if you're thinking about picking up a mini player, Minnesota player this week, I would think twice. Uh, there's some group thing for you. Uh, the third thing is, um, you know, you hear this thing all the time in MLS fantasy, like, I'm not going to take this new player because they're new to the league and there's an adjustment period. and Therefore, I'm justified in not taking this player, whether he succeeds or not. I think we learned this week that there are several MLS ready players who are new to this league. Uh, Yeboa, Ortiz, Shakiri, uh, Facundo Torres. I think Kervin Ariaga is dang ready for this league. Um, but I'm sure there are more and maybe chat. You guys can chime in with, with more of who's, who am I missing? I think we have a green light to pick these guys is what I'm saying. Yep, that's good. Ashley, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think that this goes without saying, but Carlos Vela and Carlos Taylor, where they've been at times where we've say, said that they need to be must-haves in your team. I think we all were a little cautious, one, because of matchups, and then two, just because of consistency on Vela's part last year when he was hurt. Um, but if, if anything, those two guys showed, you know, he'll had an assist, just an assist, and still got 10 points. Um, and Bella did what Bella did. So I, you know, I think that being cautious with those two should be no longer. Um, I won't add on too much about the, the Gressel disappointment. I too felt victimized by the Gressel hype. Um, I mean, I did it because the, the logic behind all of it made sense, right? Like everything you guys all said made sense, but to me, I just didn't see those points being produced. I didn't think that he'd take every set piece, their, their lineup and positioning of him in preseason was different. Um, but it seemed like an untappable resource. And I'm not saying it won't be at some point this season. Um, you know, you can't judge one player's point production by the first week of, of, oh, you of know, MLS. Um, but it did seem like they were playing him in a way that wouldn't equate to like the overhype that he had. 
Um, and then I was just impressed and surprised to see that Miami, DC, and Austin all kept shutouts, which, you know, shutouts predictions week one can be hard. Um, and those were three teams that I think we all highlighted last week. And um, I know we all had players from two. I'll also give Columbus a shout on that because we talked about Columbus as well. Um, it, like I said, it felt like a lot of the shutouts we predicted did happen. If that makes, if that makes sense. Um, and there were a lot of goals scored in, in games where we felt like there might be a lot of goals. I think for me, the one surprise, I, I thought Seattle and Nashville would be a zero zero, um, but it wasn't, but that was the one for me that I wasn't surprised by Philly not having a shutout. Um, wasn't surprised by some of the other, other goal scoring games, but um, those three teams did, did well with shutouts um, and I'd go into games this week that I think also um, favor them to repeat those shutouts. Lane, you've got a big chunk here on the clock. Go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I cut some of it out because I think we covered it already. Um, I love what Ashley was saying about the clean sheets and how he kind of predicted some stuff. Uh, but week two is a week that I always want to say, don't overthink these early results. We saw some craziness happen. Um, I know some people are freaking out about Colorado's defense giving up three to LA, but I think that game's more on LA's offense. LA looked really good and Colorado didn't look the best. They have no goal scoring whatsoever. And so they can overcommit when they get down. I think Colorado's defense is fine. I think that game's more about LA's a statement for LA's offense, not a statement by Colorado's defense. Uh, same way with Atlanta. I wouldn't read too much into that three, one, they crushed Kansas city on the counter but it was largely on the counter and getting balls through the middle. Kansas City's defense gets shredded on that, and I've said that for a few seasons now. Um, both teams played pretty well. Kansas City got their chances. It's just they got burned on the counter. Um, I, love the, I love the way Columbus started the season. Um, I wouldn't read too much into Vancouver's performance on that one. On the road, just not it, – it's a rough game. They don't have everybody. White wasn't there. And Columbus came in on point. Some of the new signings are fantastic for them. Um, I still look for Vancouver to have a solid season this year. And same with Montreal. Montreal came in on the CCL hangover a little bit. That 2-0 loss was frustrating, but they looked good across the board. I see a lot of guys that I think can get some really nice fantasy weeks for me later on down the line. I'm not going to call Montreal one of those dumpster fire teams. I'm just I'm not going to read into some of the bad performances. Because situationally, I don't think they were that bad. I think they just that they game was into... chaotic, right? Orlando made that game yeah. very chaotic the whole time. Even the best teams can't handle that chaos. Yeah, right? yeah. And Montreal looked a little dangerous at times. I, they they've got some players that are going to score some good points for us. It's just they didn't come out ahead on a road game to start the season. But I think the big one and Sagini's playing with us this year in our experts league. And Sagini really pointed this out, and I hadn't realized how bad it was. The CCL hangover was real this year. Um, CCL teams went 0-4 for the first week. Uh, New England doesn't count because their game got postponed. And they got outscored 7-0. Um, I, somebody I saw on Twitter made a joke about, we expected teams with a, with a game under their belt to come out better than that. But apparently it didn't help. So... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because we had a short preseason and an early year, but watch out for those CCL games, uh, the extra time and the shorter preseason. And right now is honestly when we're getting full swing of preseason most years and we're starting the regular season. So teams I don't think are quite on point. 
especially the CCL teams who are trying to balance schedule, keeping a first team out there and rotating guys to make sure they're completely ready to go play in a major tournament. You guys have touched on a lot. I love what you were saying about some of these players coming in, both Ashley and and Christian talking about that. I think Doyle put it well in his write-up when he was talking about people are still kind of knocking out the rust. We're going to do some housekeeping real quick, and then we'll get into our player picks. All right, everybody, let's talk quick housekeeping for what's uh, what's coming up and what's happened. So first, uh, thanks to everyone who joined our leagues for the MLS Fantasy Boss Network of Leagues. We've got a lot of players. It's already starting out to be really fun uh, the way those have worked out. A lot of similar players right now uh, in our Discord Classic, 316 players. Uh, Vivian of Pesca FC is on top by points there. In our Patreon Open League, 77 players right there. And again, Vivia uh, from Pesca FC is on top. I'll be announcing the February scarf winner next round on the next episode. So be on the lookout for that Patreon supporters Uh, over in the head to head leagues, our prize leagues here, our gift card prize leagues, uh, 200 players in our discord league. Uh, Come on. We got, we got 1200. We only got 200 people. Come on guys. Better, better next year. People Uh, 200 players in our discord league. Uh, Vivian is leading that by points. Uh, Vivian's like five overall. So basically yeah, you're Vivian's... Hear that name a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. next minute. <laughs> uh, the Patreon head-to-head 74 players. Vivian's on top there. Uh, in the MLS Fantasy Insider Experts League, for those of you who are new, we always have a league. And this year, uh, this is an invite only. And uh, Blaine has helped spearhead this. We have a lot of media people in here, as well as our top patrons and uh, the admins from the, the Discord channel. And uh, so it should be really fun. And uh, Ryan Anderson of Lineup IQ is on top based on points in that league. It is head-to-head because it's my favorite. Uh, the Pro Rel League, what I know, brand new this year. I know a lot of you all are in, have been excited. Uh, thanks to so much for everyone who joined. And I've got the waiting list that's out there. So we're going to be, if it keeps up, we may add another tier next year or just see what the transition happens over the season. But it's been shaping up tough, so tough. Do you have a question, Christian, with your hand raised? Um. Is you have in the notes that Reed lost to Ryan Anderson, ninety-eight to one hundred two. Oops, that's because I had I did that after MLS the Experts League, and I did not, and I had that on the mind. Let's change that to Christian Ward. Yes, in the Champions League, our friend from Discord, uh, Ben Lyon, FC Bird Turgler, is on top by points, one hundred and twenty score, and this is the one head-to-head that I lost this week to Christian. Uh, 98 to 102. Yep. Sorry, put Ryan there. I did that after the MLSFI one, but yes, my my one loss, a a great win. I'm in I'm in a lot of of good company though in in the the Champions League for for those who've lost. So uh, after that, going down to the Veterans League, uh, Ashley had to step away for a second, but she's leading up that one. Vivian of Pesca FC is leading that way, um, and then going down to the Development League, Blaine is leading up that one for us. J Bat of FC Red Bull Green Mountain. Okay, I like that. Uh, is on top of that league, 109 points. Uh, Blaine did win his head-to-head, so 86 to 49. That was pretty good. Ashley, did you win your head-to-head in uh, the Veterans League? That's the only head-to-head I won this week. Thank you for highlighting it for me. I appreciate You're welcome. It. You're welcome. Very happy to do that. Uh, there's the quick update right there. Thank you, everyone who is participating in our leagues. Uh, I look forward to fantastic competition already going on. It's uh, it's going to be really 
really tough this year. So, but a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Uh, going down to this round, round two, the fantasy season. Uh, the round starts on Saturday, March 5th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with New England versus Dallas. And then the majority of games are played on Saturday. We only have two matches on Sunday, so a lot of action is going to be happening on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no double game week teams, but you could kind of consider New England on a double game week this week because their CCL match is also in this same round so you may want to be careful about how some of that works just keep an eye on those players what we're going at but otherwise seattle's though seattle plays the same way that new england does there we go would it be more accurate to say that i mean what's the date i had it up here tuesday next tuesday is next tuesday though yeah like this this a week from tomorrow yeah a week from tomorrow so they won't have a game (laughs) Right before, but it's, it's right. the, the question is going to be: Are they going to save any players for going? Yeah. Right, 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 right. That's that's I'll, what we're. I'll touch on this later, but I okay. I expect Seattle to rest some players for yeah. the RSL trip gotcha. because gotcha. they'll want to be in the home. We won't match. see the same thing we saw this week though, because like like with players like taking naps on the pitch. Sure, it's it's the reverse of this week. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Sorry, yeah. good good to point out. Uh, right. Also, since there are no double games, there's also no buy games, no buy rounds this week. So for those of you who are new, this can't happen often. This is how one reason why MLS fantasy is different than some of the other leagues. We tend to have many more buys and many more double game week rounds as well. That's all I have for the quick update for a bit more in-depth Blaine suspensions and injuries. Yeah. A huge shout out to discord for getting some notes going around. Um, The sheet didn't get updated quite as much as normal today because there was so much else going on, like the price issues and our team focused on fixing the game rather than updating injuries. Uh, But some good news to start off with. Moreno came in for Atlanta and looked pretty good. Uh, he was a guy that we were expecting to be out to start the season. Uh, subbing in in the first game is always a good sign. And then Fall or Mbake in the game, um, you'll hear both names floating around. Uh, he was fully healthy. Um, don't know if that was just a rumor that was going around or a false report or if he, he recovered before the weekend. But he did play. And I didn't hear of anybody else that we thought was out coming back. If you do know of them, let us know. A uh, few red cards to start the week. Uh, Kyoto got into it with Orlando and punched Jansen in the chest. Got himself which a red card. It was a. It was just a hashtag because MLS. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had some words about that on Discord. If you want to see that, go find it because I didn't like it. Jansen picked up a yellow for that incident, and then picked up another one about ten minutes later and got himself sent off as well. And then Nerwinski for Vancouver also picked up a red card. So we've got those three guys suspended. Um, Injury-wise, didn't see a whole lot of injuries, but do have a short list. Um, Mora for Portland is still out. Um, Haven't heard a confirmation on Benji Michelle for Orlando, but he looked like he pulled a hamstring and probably a few weeks for him. Yuri for SKC is probably the same thing. He looked like he pulled a hamstring and maybe out for a while. Arujo for Atlanta, not to be confused with Araujo for LA Galaxy. Uh, same same spelling, different pronunciation is going to drive us nuts. Um, leg injury as well uh, came off, was in visible pain. They tried to keep him out there, and he was not moving. Um, so he is out probably for a few weeks. Uh, hearing some rumblings that Kessler for New England is still a little injured. Uh, Knighton had a slight issue that kept him out of the first game. 
hoping he's back for this one, but unsure what, what his status is. Uh, Nathan for San Jose came out early, and that's an obvious sign of trouble for San Jose going forward. That's a defense you can bet against if they're missing another or if they're missing Nathan. And then Ashley just added it for us. Rui Diaz will miss at least the next game. Um, given the number of players there, I could see him missing some significant time if that's a significant injury of any sort. It's a hamstring. Could go, you know. Yeah, could go I mean, either way. He could be. He could be ready in in three weeks, and then may hold him out for six to avoid really aggravating it. And yeah. they've got enough players and enough firepower behind him that better safe than sorry in their situation and injuring it for a longer well, stretch. I'm sorry, Reed will miss this, but Bill Bruin is gonna will be back this week as well. So it's kind of. I mean, that's not a like for like by any no. means, but he's a cheap. He's a cheap player that you know, has a good, has a chance to start. I know I mean, he's got a lot of fan favorites, but. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I love to hate on Seattle, but when you've got talent like Russ you don't have, and you don't have strikers though, yeah, no one is Rui Diaz. No, no one's Rui Diaz, but when you've got that many playmakers behind them with Roldan doing well and JP and Russ Mack and Jordan Morris, you can handle not having Rui Diaz for a little bit longer than some other teams could if they were missing him. Sure. They probably won't push it. Yeah, they he's probably... out for at least this game. They already confirmed he won't travel to RSL. So yeah, don't pick him up. He was incredibly highly owned this week, which made me feel very bad for anyone who missed that yeah. memo. And then no, no call-ups to deal with. Um, I think we're going to get lucky for most of the MLS season with call-ups. And we'll talk yeah, about that a little later. But CCL is coming after this next weekend of games. So you may see some rotation from the CCL teams. That's uh, big ones that we've seen so far. New England and New York City probably rotate pretty heavily. Um, don't know what Colorado is going to do, but most of their top players are on the back half of the team. So there's not need to rotate. Colorado's out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Colorado's out. There we go. Yeah, Colorado's out. So yeah. And have, so. NYCFC have a Tuesday game next week following this weekend's game. So maybe some resting there. And then Seattle plays the same day, and then New England and Montreal play the following day. Yeah. So there's a decent bit of gap. So yeah. I'm actually pretty shocked that NYCSFC did not rotate at all mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so they got to go to Vancouver and then go home for CCL. I don't even know. No, they, they stay where in the, California. Where they're they're going to stay in California for the next round as well. No, I, well, no. I That's don't what I'm saying. Oh, they, yeah. NYCFC is going to go to Vancouver for the weekend, this weekend's games. And then I don't even know where their their next CCL game will be played because they haven't played any in New York. I didn't think. And that may, that may play into it. And I will, I'll speculate on that. I bet the rotation will be this coming weekend. I would Uh, think a non-conference team. If the, yeah, non-conference in a cross country flight. um, It's better to play the first game and throw everything at it than. Oh, well, they're, their Tuesday game, actually, I apologize, is in Guatemala. Yeah. Yowza. So they will yeah. travel from, at least that's what well, they'll travel from. Oh, no, I, sorry. East Hartford. Oh, that's a big difference. Big apologies. <laughs> Read it wrong. <laughs> it sorry. says leg two scheduled for Guatemala City, but the game that it's referencing is leg one. So that's, why, why would it do that to me? Yeah, yeah. so they're going to go from Vancouver back over to the east coast so we'll see on that note should we should we move into players we like for this week 
Actually, no. On that note, we're going to break, and if you would like to hear our player picks for round two, please check out part two of this episode on SoundCloud or at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Thanks. Hey everyone, it's Reed. Are you enjoying the content provided by the MLS Fantasy Insider team? Then why not consider becoming a supporting patron? Now, I don't want to get too public radio on you, but everything we do does have a cost. And while Blaine, Ashley, I, and all of our content contributors consider this a labor of love, people like SoundCloud, Adobe, and our swag vendors keep insisting on getting paid. That's where you come in. As a member of our Patreon community, you will help support the efforts we all make to help ensure this is a fantastic fantasy community. And in return, I do my best to add a little extra thank you for that support in the form of swag. So if you're interested in helping our fantasy community grow, head on over to patreon.com slash MLSFI right now to start your support this month. Thanks.